0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the E-Commerce Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we have a return guest. There are not that many return guests on the eCommerce Evolution Podcast. It's not because we're snooty. We just like to keep things fresh and relevant, talking about what's new and what's next. But it felt very appropriate, very timely to have this guest back on. This episode of the e commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. And in addition to this podcast, we want to be a resource for you, helping you accelerate your e commerce growth. I have a few powerful resources that are yours for the taking. First, if you're an Amazon seller, we have two resources I think you might like. One is called our DSP roadmap. If you're considering, Amazon DSP, it's a special type of Amazon display ads, which has some targeting features that will blow your mind. Uh, get our Amazon DSP roadmap. If you're interested in sponsored brand video, formerly video and search, check out that guide. On the Google side, we have the ultimate guide to Google shopping. This is a guide I wrote several years ago. But we got some updated information Now you can get free Google shopping listings. This guide will help you in that process. We also have our top YouTube ad templates. I think you're going to love that one. And then the guide to getting authentic customer testimonials. All of these give you detailed information on how to make these things happen. Very valuable, but also very free. Check them out. omgcommerce.com. Click on resources and guides. Check it out for yourself. And now, back to the show. With me today, I'm thrilled to welcome back Mr. John McDonald from The Good. He is a CRO expert. Uh, He speaks on stages, back when that was allowed, uh, all over the country at Google and other places, telling you how to optimize the shopping experience, the web experience for your customers, eliminating all the bad, leaving only The Good left you know, we were just talking before we hit record, the last, I think it was the last in-person event, probably any of us did, was a, an event at the YouTube LA offices. He and I both spoke at that event, our reps invited us to speak, I talked YouTube, he talked CRO, it was a fantastic event, it was like another lifetime ago, though, like pre, pre-pandemic or pre or pre-pandemic like pandemic in the US anyway, and uh, so anyway, with that, John, welcome to the show, man, thanks for coming on, and, and how's it going?
1: Thanks for having me. It's going
0: great. Good, good. Yeah, it's uh, really crazy times to be in e-com. You know, mo- for the most part, things are opening back up. You can actually shop in some parts of the country, at physical stores. Uh, here in Missouri, where I'm located, we've been open up for quite a while now. Uh, but, you know, we're just talking about the, the new normal, whatever that looks like. I heard someone say uh, yesterday the the new abnormal maybe the way to to look at it, you know, how how is this going to impact the way we shop? And and we were both just speaking about how, you know, we're we're just grateful to be in e-commerce because Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways e-commerce is a beneficiary of all this madness, more people shopping online. So I wanted to today dig into, you know, how is online shopping changing? Mm -hmm. How do we need to think about CRO differently? Where do we start optimizing now? How, How do we deal with some of the the issues that are that we're facing right now, like things going out of stock, and and you know uh, some of the challenges that come from maybe too much e-commerce growth that we're dealing with. So lots of fun stuff to talk about, right. and uh, excited to dive in. So just as a, as a quick, you know, kind of a, a, a pulse check and stuff, how have things been going for you? You guys, you guys are uh, likely been very busy for
1: you lately. Yeah, exactly. We're riding the wave as well, right? It's um, it's CRO has been around a while. And we've been doing this for 11 years. And it's been fun to watch the industry kind of grow over that time, but nothing has propelled it forward like we've had over the past three, four months. Um, And it's just as all revenue and and commerce in general has went online, um, it's it's really kind of helped brands fall into two camps. Uh, Brands who are saying, okay, let's take advantage of this opportunity and let's propel ourselves forward with the additional revenue, right? So they're they're reinvesting in that. When they get that additional growth that they weren't really expecting, they're now turning that into a growth channel for them. And then there's the secondary brands that maybe it's just exacerbating the challenges that they've had, right? They their ROAS, their return on ad spend is really low and it's and they're not seeing the growth that a lot of their peers are, maybe and they're having a lot of consumer challenges on their website and so they've been able to recognize that this is an opportunity they need to take advantage of as well but they've it's not because they have additional revenue it's because they haven't seen the growth that they know is available to them and so then they've come back to CRO as a way to help unlock that yeah and and
0: just you know to to share my love for for CRO and what what you guys do specifically As as a traffic guy and as as a as a company, OMG Commerce, you know we're we're forty employees strong, but we focus on mainly paid traffic from Google Ads, YouTube Ads, Amazon Ads. We benefit greatly when when the web experience is better, right? When when there's someone like you and your team working with a client, making the shopping process easier, making the checkout process easier, increasing those conversion rates, then we can spend more, grow more, do more. On the traffic side, so it's so really a very very complementary uh, yeah.
1: skill sets here that we're. I, I tell around. brands all the time, it's like adding fuel to a fire, right? Mm-hmm. If they're able to get that fire going through spending on ads and driving traffic, they know you know that you have product market fit. You know that you're able to turn up that dial, but then it's just adding fuel to that, making it even more effective. Once you get those qualified people to your site, you want to make sure they turn it into revenue. And um, we can help, or conversion optimization can help do that at a at a greater rate. So, and yeah, like you said, most traffic generation companies love it because they're sending, they know they're sending qualified traffic. They're doing right. their job well, but then the site has this, this holes in this leaky bucket that they're sending great water into and it just flows okay. right through. Um, and so being able to solve that problem is is really beneficial. Yeah, totally. And, you know, when clients come to us with, with growth goals and, you know, they want to, they want to spend X
0: amount on YouTube at scale. And if we can take their cost per acquisition and then through on page optimization, decrease that by 10, 15, 20%, it really can open up all kinds of additional traffic to us. So, yeah, really, really excited to be digging in. I think a great place to start for us now is where do we begin to optimize? So, and uh, maybe split it amongst those two camps you were just describing a minute ago, or maybe not. But where where do we begin? If we're looking to optimize right now,
1: where should we start? Well, I think that as traffic levels have greatly increased online, you need to make sure that you're capturing the data, every click and movement of people on that are interacting on your website. I'm not saying you do this on an individual level, right? Do it in aggregate so there's no privacy concerns. But having heat maps, click maps, scroll maps, making sure your analytics data is set up correctly so that you're capturing everything that's available to you. There is so much rich data that if you aren't taking advantage of that right now, you're missing a huge opportunity to learn and to make data back decisions. And so right now, I think it's more important than ever that brands are really looking at the data that their site can be collecting and if you're not you're going to be left behind pretty quickly um, but in addition uh, to that there's some basics you recommend there like like as an example we
0: we work with some decent sized brands uh we're actually working with one that's pretty large and, and grown like crazy mm-hmm. they did not have enhanced e commerce turned on in, in google analytics so we helped them get that turned on so we could get yep. a little more deeper richer data but it's mm-hmm. kind of a, a a checklist of sorts i know this is a little bit on the fly but you know, to make sure we have that data, what what are the must-have data points that you would recommend?
1: Yeah, well, you called out a, a huge one. And we see that issue. We've worked with brands doing 50, 100 million that have had not had that turned on. And it's like, you know, you're paying for Analytics 360 and you don't have that one button turned on that just gives you so much more data. It's, it's, um, it's interesting. I think some brands are so focused on the marketing aspects of it. Yeah. That they're, they're not paying attention to the deep dive of the data that they could. They're really focused on those um, inbound metrics. I might call some of them vanity metrics more than anything else, right? Because they're not really moving the needle that much. They're just looking good on a report that a, a marketing person might give up the chain, right? Um, but I think, you know, in addition to analytics, you should be doing a few things within analytics itself. Uh, you should be annotating Right, So it's really easy to just annotate every email that you send out whenever you start a new campaign or a new sale, um, something of that sort. Just annotate it in Google Analytics. That will tell you, as you look back year over year, or even a quarter from now, you're not going to remember in three months what date you sent that really great email on. Um, And you're going to look back in Analytics and see an uptick in the charts, but you're not going to know what caused it. Mm-hmm. And so having annotations can be really beneficial for seeing trends.
0: Yeah. And that's so huge just to chime in on that, especially if you have multiple teams working on your business, right? Which, which most e-commerce companies do. So mm-hmm. we said it all the time. We're brought in to analyze, you know, do like do like a traffic audit, Google ads audit, things like that. We'll dig into Google analytics. Like, Whoa, look, what happened here? You know, and, and literally it's like one out of 80 or something actually have mm-hmm. annotations. Essentially, nobody does. And so then you ask the client, hey, well, what happened here? I don't really remember. Let me go ahead and ask this person. It's like, that's where that, yeah, that's a, that's a simple thing, mm-hmm. but it can, it can inform your, your various teams. You can make better decisions. Like it's, a, it's one of those real
1: easy, pretty quick wins. Agreed. I think that if you're not doing that, then you're, you're leaving a lot on the table. Um, some other things to be thinking about here, I mentioned heat maps, click maps, scroll maps, just user engagement data how people are engaging with your site, what content they're interacting with, sometimes more importantly, what content they're not interacting with. Uh, we love a tool called Hot Jar. Uh, really inexpensive, uh, great tool set. Allows you to um, collect heat maps based on mouse movement and touch maps based on mobile, um, as well as scroll maps, tell you how far down the page people are scrolling and, and what content they're missing because it's too far down and maybe you need to reorder some of that. Uh, you can also do session recordings. So you can see anonymous uh, data of how people are engaging with your site, whether they're scrolling all the way down to see if they're missing anything then coming back up or you know what they're looking at uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, it, you can even do it across sessions with the same user. So you can see like if they did their research and then they came back to the site a second time later. Um, so you can collect some really good data there. In addition to that, um, You know, we collect eye tracking heat maps, which is adds just a whole nother layer on top of that data. Uh, Most heat maps are done based on mouse movement. uh, But eye tracking really gives you a second look at where are people actually looking at on Mm. these pages, right? Usually on desktop, your eye is following your mouse cursor. But more and more as people are getting used to iPads and iPhones and and those type of, of engagements where... They're not used to following the cursor anymore. Yeah. Um, so a
0: lot of people are not following along, along with their finger, you know, on, on the device you're, you're looking. So yeah. it's interesting. What what service do you use for for the 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 visual heatmap? Uh,
1: for eye tracking. Eye tracking. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a tool, uh, proprietary tool that we own that uh, we've built up, and uh, we do it via AI. So. Uh, we have uh, an algorithm that we purchased a while back that um, is uh, baked into a tool and it allows us to um, basically upload a, a URL or website and then collect eye tracking heat maps based on artificial intelligence. And so it's a data set based on an algorithm that's based off of real eye tracking studies. Uh, and we got checked that about every six months to make sure that the algorithm's not you know, kind of morphing in a way that's leading us astray, um, and it's only getting better. Uh, I've been shocked, and I think AI in terms of what's going to happen with conversion optimization—it's—it's going to be the next wave of conversion optimization because there's so much. You know, right now it could take months to collect this uh, statistically relevant data to make data back decisions, but with AI, we're able to get that eye tracking heat map in in ten seconds. Wow. And it's wow. completely game changer for us.
0: That's fantastic. So is that something you offer as a as a standalone service or is that something that you you do currently as part of a, a package or how, how does that work?
1: Yeah, so it's something we've kind of kept in for just our clients at this point. Um, it, that originally started because we really wanted to make sure AI, the algorithms and everything were going to work really well. And then over the last couple of years, it's just been kind of a competitive advantage for us more than anything else. Um, So we haven't done that. Uh, It's been a discussion, especially over the past couple of months, as more and more people are starting to open e-comm shops but don't have budgets to work with us. Um, And so that's fine. We want to make sure we're helping that. Again, our mission is to remove all of those bad online experiences until only the good ones remain. It's going to be really hard to to see that mission through at, at our price point where we do the customized consulting. So... Uh, being able to bring that down and offer that as a tool at a price point that any brand can afford, I think will be something where it's on our, our short-term roadmap.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be phenomenal. I think it'd also be great. You know, just as a side note, great prospecting tool. People use that. People see that. They think, well, this is amazing. I don't want to do any of these this changes. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let, me, let me hire the good to help me execute. Um, we'll talk a little bit about traditional heat maps. For a second, what, what are some of the, the, the usual takeaways there? And mm-hmm. for someone that, that maybe is not dug into a heat map, so they haven't installed Hotjar before, they've not used it, what should they be looking for? And where are there usually some quick wins with, uh, once you, you know, install a heat map? Okay.
1: Yeah, so the what we're really looking for, again, is how people are engaging with the site. And I, I say this all the time, but it's really hard to read the label from inside the jar. What I mean by this is as an e-com manager, somebody who works on the site, you have a hard time understanding how people are engaging with your site. And so what a heat map is going to tell you is real data on whether or not people are clicking on, you know, if you're looking at a click click heat map, or they're actually clicking on something, or maybe they're doing rage clicking, where which is what I call it when people are trying to click on something that's not a link. <laughs> and then they're like, why is this not working? And they just keep clicking, it been right? Clickable. Like, I'm just going to keep going for it. Right, yeah. Maybe that will magically make it clickable. But um, it's interesting. We see that all the time. A uh, big one is if you have social proof on your site in terms of like a, a logo from a news publication or something that's pretty big, you know, um, it's popular for especially like beauty brands. A lot of them will list all of these, you know, high-end magazines that they've been featured in, things of that sort Consumers try to click on those logos because they want to go see what was said about them. Right. Right. And a lot of brands don't don't have that option. And um, and I wouldn't say link some, off brands put, some brands put a logo of
0: a popular magazine where they ran a small ad in that magazine. And that's why they don't.
1: <laughs> I think consumers I mean, I mean, are onto that, right? And quite that's quite why a they're a like, show the me the proof, right? Me, I see yeah. the logo. In this article, let
0: me see how you were featured in the lure magazine or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a, a trick of the trade that people try to do, and I think consumers are onto that type of stuff, right? And so um, they they see social proof on a site anymore, but they want what backs that up. Yeah, yeah, awesome.
0: Have you seen uh, shifts in behavior behavior uh, since the pandemic? You know, other than just more mm-hmm. shopping online, and, and I will add a, a few notes to what we talked about before. You know, we've seen e-commerce as a percentage of total commerce grow from this, these are Forster uh, numbers, but from 16 percent to almost 30 percent of total commerce going to e-commerce. I've seen even you know, some studies showing more. Actually, I think Forrester was like 25 percent, but you know, the studies that show in the 30s. Likely, a lot of that's going to continue. Uh, some of it will go back to physical stores, but any other behavioral shifts or or, or things, you know. Uh, Maybe had some first-time e-commerce shoppers on, you know, that are doing things differently. Just any any other behavioral shifts that you've seen recently?
1: Yes, uh, buying in bulk. We've seen a lot of brands who we've run simple tests. We started noticing this early on, and when there was a lot of like um, panic buying, perhaps um, the maybe the prepper community. I don't know, but we started noticing it with a few brands we were working with where they were. Noticing people stock up and fill up their cart with a whole, you know, we we worked with one brand that um, does uh, a type of beef jerky, and it's all natural, healthy beef jerky, none of the additives and anything. And what we noticed was, two weeks into to the pandemic, everybody was buying like six, seven hundred dollars worth of jerky. Because it's shelf-stable for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And and my guess is that's probably, a lot of them are probably non-preppers. Just people saying, I'll just feel better if I got a little bit
1: of a stock. Perhaps, right? And so we leaned into it. We said, hey, you know, these people are noticing these orders where they're ordering like four of this product and five of that product and, you know, all different sizes. And they're just trying to build their own variety box, right? And the problem with that was, then you also have, your fulfillment center having to run all over the fulfillment center, grabbing one of this, two of that, five of this, and fill it up, right? So it's really resource intensive. And with to do with that. changes
0: now, and then these are going to persist as well, where you've got health and safety regulations now in your mm-hmm. pack and ship departments, whether that's in-house or 3PL or whatever, and so, yeah, like, how do you make things easier
1: for the for the pickback and shippers, you know? Exactly, exactly, 100%. I think that that's um, a key that people need to be paying attention to. But what we did is we leaned into this bulk order and we said, okay, let's put together what we call pantry box. Hmm. And just have, offer different sizes of boxes based on the amount that you could do. So we had a $250 box, a 500 box, a 750 $1,000 box. I think we went up. Like We just kept adding because people kept buying. <laughs> and we're like, I think we ended up with like a $2,500 box maybe of jerky. I mean, that's a lot of jerky. It that like never would have happened. 100 pounds of jerky or something. Yeah, that never would have happened pre-pandemic. I wouldn't think.
0: Once the blue moon.
1: No, but I think all different types of brands. I mean, that's jerky is a pretty obvious one because it's shelf stable. But we found it with a lot of brands where average order values were going way up. And if you're not taking advantage of that, you were you were really doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you know they've got a whole new product line that does extremely well for them, and these pantry boxes. Average order values have just continued to go up because more people are were saying, "Oh, well, it's kind of a pain in the butt to have to put two hundred fifty dollars a product in my cart and search through everything. I'll just take the best of kit and you know that pantry box that you think I should try."
0: Awesome. What, what a good insight. So, so uh, quantities that people are ordering are going up. So really two things to keep in mind there. We, we, we touched on it, but just to, to highlight them again, mm-hmm. how do you make the shopping easier? You know, this is sort of the principle of, you know, the, the value meals at, at, at fast food restaurants, where it, part of that working was just people being able to say, I just want number one. Like I could, I could look at all these and like combine things, but just the number one, what I want. The simplicity. Simplicity. Exactly. So making it simple. Making it easier for the shopper, but then also easier for you to fulfill, so if
1: you can combine those two things, man those are real wins, yeah, increase your margins and your average order value, and you've got you've got a real exponential growth opportunity so yeah awesome yeah.
0: any any other shopping trends, behavioral trends that you've seen that have either come directly from the pandemic or maybe they're just there's they've been happening anyway, and you're seeing them now
1: uh yeah, less of a concern about free shipping um and and maybe that's not even the right way to put it. Less of a concern about quick shipping that is free. Let's put it that way, right? Uh, consumers still want free shipping. It's a value they've been trained. They're not willing to give that up. I think that that still should be an option. There's a lot of tools out there right now that you can help you take advantage of that. That um, you know can do things like. Um, you know, where uh, I've noticed this a lot on Google lately, where they have the free two day shipping badges. And, you know, it's really only for people who are within a two day shipping range based on standard shipping, right? So then Google knows your location when you're doing the search. And if you're within a, in, uh, a zip code, perhaps that is um, within two day range of that product, then it will put the two day free two day shipping badge up there. Great option, um, and but what it is is uh, you know, consumers still want that free shipping, but they're willing to wait for the product. I think that's it's been people are getting more reasonable about that, and uh, that's been a good trend and a good shift for most brands. It you know if you a part of that I think was led by Amazon not being able to fulfill everything for two days and totally. for, for yeah. a few months. We, um, we saw we saw
0: this a lot. So we have we have a lot of clients that sell on Amazon and off Amazon. Mm-hmm typically then managing their Amazon ads and, and then Google and YouTube and stuff. Uh, but we saw with a few clients, you know, one, once Amazon said, hey, we're delaying shipments of all non-essentials, we saw search volume go up on their .com sites for product and two-day shipping, right? Or, or even in their search query report in Google Ads, people searching for their product and two-day shipping. It's like, well, I can't get it for like three weeks says Amazon. So now I'll go and, and, and I don't mind to pay a little bit in shipping. I think, I think you're 100% right. It People have gotten a little more realistic about, Hey, I'm just happy to get this product yeah. at this point. And so I'll, I'll I'll uh, I'll endure a little bit longer ship time or pay a little bit. I do think, you know, we're creatures of habit. Uh, We have have short memories, so like likely we'll get back to. that. That's where I don't think you can take that lesson and say, oh, cool, we'll just charge a lot for shipping and it'll all be fine forever. Yeah, Yeah, probably not. Maybe in some cases, you know, people will get used to that free shipping again. Uh, But for now, you know, you've got a little bit of my thing.
1: And again, I think we've still seen this trend continue where, you need to have a free shipping option. yeah. But it could be, you know, a five-day option. Yeah. And people will be okay with that, right? A, a two-week option might be a problem. But like a five-day option, not a problem. And then allow them to, to pay the difference to get if they need it overnight or two yeah. days. People are okay with that. And uh, I think that that's where it's become a little more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Cool. Good. Any,
0: any surprise optimizations or changes? I think that the quantity... Stuff we just talked about was, was super interesting. But any other wins or optimizations like that that you've seen working recently?
1: Uh, SMS has really been working well. Text options, uh, we've seen that just skyrocket. And, and where,
0: where are you seeing the SMS options inserted? So pre-purchase
1: or during the checkout process or where, how's that being used? In three different places, actually. Um, We've had a lot of success testing. The first is pre-purchase where... You know, instead of sending up for emails, if you really are engaged with a brand, you're going to buy in the short term. A lot of people will put in their text message or get a text message and put it in their cell phone. Um, and the, there's a lot less spam happening there, and they know that it's more regulated right now. And they can just reply stop and stop it at any time, right? So generally, that's that's pretty good. Uh, we're seeing huge conversion rates on on SMS right now, which is great. Um, and then in checkout, we're seeing a ton of people. Provide their phone number is a way to get shipping updates because they they can't go anywhere. They're home. They're waiting for that product. They know it's going to be a delayed shipping, perhaps. um, So they really want to stay up to date on it, right? So we're seeing that. And uh, I don't know if you saw Shopify did uh, brought in their uh, new app, and they, yep, and it's it's pretty really, yeah, it's great. It's really based around having all your orders in one place and being able to track those and. Um, they used to have something, I think they called it Arrive and they kind of brought it into shop. So um, we're seeing a lot of people take advantage of that, which is great. And you build out a richer profile. So now you have that text message opportunity when you run a flash sale or you want to just you know really slice and target your audience of shoppers. You can go to your highest profile, best customers with the best lifetime value and say, here's a special deal just for you and send them a text, most people are going to be okay with that. Um, as long as you don't abuse it, right? Um, and I think one, one, one thing to kind of chime in on the, the
0: value of getting text updates on shipping and things like that. And then one of the values of the Shop app. And I think, I think Shopify has some pretty big plans for that, that app, even on like the product discovery side and some other things on the, on the roadmap. But there's just something about, you know, and especially if you experience times where shipments are delayed. So... Mm-hmm. In the heat of the the lockdowns when when you know everything was being more online and then things really slowed down just getting those updates makes a big difference you know and i think if, if you make a quick offline comparison of you know imagine you know think about the times you go into a restaurant and there's a bit of a wait and you're at t- the table there's a bit of weight and no one comes by to say anything to you it feels like an eternity it feels like you've been forgotten it just feels awful where someone just checks in with you just says hey We've got this coming up. It's going to be just a few more minutes. we you know, like just giving you updates, caring for you a little bit. Like it, it changes the whole experience. You still maybe got your meal at the same time. You still maybe got your product at the same time. But just that check-in
1: removes anxiety. Just improves. Yep. The- and there's good opportunity there to build more brand awareness. Right? Let them know about you bought this product. Here's something you might like. You know, or. Even along those lines, you just bought this product. Here's um, you know, the manual for this technical product that you should really check out. Here's a quick, quick start, something like that, right? Like, you know, um, I I have a four-year-old, three and a half, four-year-old at home. And we bought him a bike. And it came back with I we ordered it, got an email a couple of days later, I said, Hey, you know, we processed and shipped it. Just want to make sure you know that there's some assembly required. Here's the tools you're gonna need. And here's the one sheet instructions. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions, you can ask us now before the bike arrives. And it was awesome. I've never seen anyone do that before. I was shocked. It was like, why has nobody done this? Yeah. It's yeah. so simple. It yeah. just makes me feel even more like the brand cares for me. They're looking out for me. And they've made my life more simple, and they know I have a kid at home, and, and I don't have a lot of time to put a bike together, and right. and so it works out really well for everybody. Yeah, and it made that process. Then once you got the bike, your your enjoyment of it
0: was a lot better because a you knew you were going to have to put some stuff together, b you knew what to do already. So it just made that made that arrival time more fun because we also had that that experience where, and at least for guys like me, because I'm I'm actually not. That good at building stuff and putting stuff together. You build companies, can't build furniture. Yeah, very different uh, skill set. <laughs> it's like you get you get a home and you're so excited, about it and you're like, oh crap! This is like I need I need help. Like yeah, you know. And so so then you're almost disappointed um, because of the work you have to do. But if you know what you're gonna have to do and how to do it, now the whole experience is better. So, but it's such a simple thing, and you're right, nobody does that.
1: Yeah. And so the third, uh, in terms of SMS, we're seeing a lot of adoption is post-purchase. And uh, what I mean by that is uh, like subscription products. It's working extremely well to say, hey, it's been a month. You're probably out of that product. you want to refill? And um, one brand that does this really well is Hydrant. Uh, They're a... I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they are a... um, a powder that is basically powder Gatorade. Uh, they probably would hate me for saying that, but it's, it's, you put it in water. It's picture of what that is, right? Yeah, right. Way better uh, than
0: Gatorade, I'm sure, says the hydrant.
1: Well, yeah, it doesn't have any of the coloring or any of the other stuff in it. Um, and I love it. It's, it's super hydrating. It, help, it has like ingredients in it that help your body um, absorb the water instead of just passing it through. Um, and so it came out of the, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers Innovation Lab in the NBA, oh, which is really cool. No idea that existed. I mean, I'm, in, and I'm an idiot. before yeah. this. Sounds yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And so um, really interesting there, but they, uh, I, I've subscribed to their products and uh, I get a text message every month that says, hey, it's been a month. Are you, are you running low? And then it's like, yes or no. <laughs> and it's just, I just, yes. Would you like us to send you another order? Match of your same order. Yes. Charged your card ending in these four numbers, you're good to go. We'll be there in X amount of time.
0: And so, that's so, all so, you have so, to do. Let me make sure I understand this. So you're already subscribing, mm-hmm. but it's asking you if you need extra, just in case.
1: Yeah. So, so the way they ask. do
0: so this, that buffer
1: or that, 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 that extra product. Definitely that. But the way that they do it is they send you an email notification before, like about a week before it would ship. And so this text comes about the same time. Um, and you can pause or you can delay. And if you say, I don't need more right now, it says, would you like us to remind you in two weeks? You know, and so you, you have these options like that that are really great. Um, yeah, and it's just great, so convenient, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it could also work. So to so give an example, I, I'm a fan of uh, Magic Spoon. So it's a, it's a non-grain... Keto-friendly, I'm not on a keto diet, but keto-friendly, you know, protein-rich cereal. I I love cereal. Like I could eat cereal uh, all the time, but I Mm -hmm. mainly quit because I'm getting, you know, 40 years old and we get fat, things like that. Tons of sugar, yeah. Yeah, tons of sugar and stuff. So I subscribed to Magic Spoon. It's fantastic. Now some of my kids like to eat it. So I get like a four-pack. I made it an eight-pack that I get, you know, once a month. But I, I sometimes will still run low. Like I have to go and I've I've gone and bought another four pack a couple of times, but if they were to text me, if they would check in with me and say, Hey, are you getting low? I, I guarantee you I would order more through that. So that's a really smart feature. What, to, what tools do you recommend for SMS messaging or do you guys have like a proprietary tool for that?
1: Uh, we don't have a proprietary tool. We, um, Generally use third-party tool sets for that. Clavio um, has some really good stuff built in now with SMS. Privy came out with a great SMS tool. Um, there's several other others out there. They've really... The industry has just kind of blown up recently. Um, but it's something to, to definitely check out based on your market automation platform and what else you're doing because you want it to integrate with your CRM. right? Yeah. And so that's going to be the big key there most of those automation workflows need to be set up through your CRM. Yeah, because when it is set up
0: through your CRM, now you know something about the customer. It can be a very relevant text message because nothing will get an, uh, an unsubscribe quicker or get that stop message yeah. texted your way than an irrelevant text. So yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about how to deal with out-of-stock products. I think this is, this is mostly getting better. For a lot of companies, you know, factories are back online in China for sure, mm-hmm. mostly in other parts of the world as well. But there's the, the still inventory issues, you know, could, could be the norm for at least a certain percentage of SKUs for a while. Um, what, what are some recommendations you have for dealing with uh, out-of-stock products?
1: Well, I think that we saw this really horrible, I don't know how to better put it. There's no way to sugarcoat it. This really bad trend of people just deleting their their product detail pages when the product was out of stock. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, why would you you're ruining your SEO? Exactly. You all this effort you've put in, and then you maybe you still have some rogue ads you're running, or if you you know, you didn't tell your ads partner. Like there's just so many bad things that can come of this, mm-hmm. let alone just the opportunity to, to continue to sell by collecting an email address or even a phone number, like we just talked about too. Um really just let people know it's back in stock. Um, and I think it's going to be really important to make it feel like a special experience, mm-hmm. right? Sign up to be notified, join the wait list, but there's ways to do it where it's more feels like you're joining a club, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's really important is to make it feel special that you, they're going to be the first to know. You know, um, We work with a brand called um, Snowpeak and uh, they're... a uh, um, Japanese, camping brand, really high-end luxury equipment. Um, and it's really interesting because we put this up on the site and we just said, be the first to know because they kept selling out of products. They do limited runs, they would sell out, and then people come to the site and couldn't, you know, couldn't get the products and be upset. So you know, what we did is we used it to help build a case for when they should reorder. And then we said, you'll be the first to know when it comes back in. Well, it got so popular. What kept happening was people were signing up for this. They would sell out the next batch they ordered before they could even put it back up on the site. So now it became a whole thing where if you wanted these products, that was the only way to get it. Yep. yep. And consumers started to recognize. Training
0: that. people to really be on, on the, the ball and, and be mm-hmm. notified and then take action quickly.
1: Yeah. 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 And it worked out really, really well for them. But I think, you know, brands also need to be really clear about when things are coming back in stock. Right, so um, oh, I just, I've had a horrible experience lately uh, with B and H Photo. I'll just call them out. I was hesitant to do it, but I'll call. They're a big company. I'll call them out. B and H Photo. Right, uh, ordered some uh, equipment. I've been doing these podcast interviews three or four a week now, and so I, I wanted a couple of different camera setups and light setups and stuff so I could get some quality up there. I ordered a couple setups from them. Um, And one of the products has been back ordered for 60 days now. Wow. And they keep emailing me, Hey, it's coming back in stock next week. We'll let you know when it ships. And then I'm like, Okay, great. I'll wait another week. And then I get an email that it, whenever it's supposed to ship. Wanted to let you know the product's still out of stock. We don't know when it's coming back in. And so... It just becomes really, really frustrating time and again, and I, so this just top of mind because I literally just checked Amazon today. The products are there, and they're going to ship in three weeks. And I said, at least I know Amazon isn't going to mess with me on that. Yep, yep. I, so I canceled my order at B and H, and I just ordered it off Amazon. Mm-hmm. And Amazon's even giving me specific dates that it's going to come in right when I ordered it. I was like, Amazon I just, hits those too, like
0: Amazon. You know, mm-hmm. if anything, they're
1: going to be early, but they,
0: they've got their logistics down, or if they give you a date or a date range, they're going to
1: hit it. Yeah, and I feel like they get product before a lot of other people because of their volume. Um, but it's it's just one of those things where if you are not very clear about the expected return date, you're going to have problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to think about there. Um, and then it's a good opportunity as well to share related products, of course. Right? So if you like this product and is out of stock, maybe you like this other product. Um, I think a lot of brands aren't doing that. It's such an easy win. You know, um, you know, we, you know it, it could be almost anything, that short sleeve shirt over that long sleeve shirt that you were going to buy, you know, any of that kind of stuff, right? Maybe it's the, the
0: upgraded version of the product you're looking at or the downgraded version or, okay, need, need it fast, get, you know, upgraded this product and here's a discount. We have an automotive client. They they sell different automotive accessories and, and a lot of what they have is kind of good, better, best, but it's a similar product. And so they were uh, running out of kind of the, the 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 mid grade, you know, the better because mm-hmm. usually most popular. So they're running out of stock of that, and it's going to be a little while. So they were pushing the best, but with a slight discount, saying, like, "Hey, yeah. you know, this we'll, we'll, right now we're giving you a discount on on the best." Um, so yeah, I think. I think just shifting that the, the way you present it, right? And I love the example of the Japanese outdoor product uh, company, where hey, you know, be the first to know, where you're, yeah. you're going to be in the know. And then if you train customers, yeah, you can totally turn that into a win. We see that with the skincare brand we work with, and, and several others where you can get you can get customers to really anticipate. We got a, a client that's a beard a uh, beard product company. And when they launch a new product, they sell out every time, every single time. They, they kind of design it that way, right? They, they kind of want that to happen. Yeah. Uh, but then you train people, which is a good thing. And then you train people to be like, hey, I'm going to, as soon as I get the notification of the launch, I'm buying um, so that I get the, get the product. Yeah, that's uh, And I also want to, yeah, I want to underscore what you said too about deleting product detail pages. Hopefully people listening are not doing that. I remember back in the day, we used to do a lot of SEO consulting. Uh, we sold, that, sold down that side of our business just because everything else was growing so fast. But I mm-hmm. worked at this large dress seller and uh, they would delete, that's what they would do. They would just delete because they, they would get frustrated clients, you know, clicking on a dress that was out of stock. And uh, they didn't realize they were getting a ton of visitors from Google Images. Mm. They're also like de-indexing images, but that's the way a lot of people shop for dresses. And there's some other yeah. products like that too, where people will find the product in Google Images and then end up at your site. So they were seeing like this just steady decline in SEO traffic, and we identified it as like, hey, it's because of these images and these queries. Like, let's get these products, let's get these images back up, let's get these product detail pages back up, shift them to a new product. Um, yeah, so lots of stuff to consider there as well. That's that's fantastic. Um any any other CRO tips that you would give that are just super relevant for for
1: right now? Ooh. Um Broadcast. man we've covered a lot haven't we? A lot, man. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Um you know I think that right now it's it's really I think just focusing on your highest value customers is really going to be key. Um it's don't forget the people that have been loyal to you for years that have have been, have huge customer lifetime values, make them feel special right now because the worst thing that you could possibly do is take a brand advocate like that in a time like this and ship something to a brand new customer first. Yeah, yeah. And then you end up losing that, that lifetime customer. Absolutely. Um, so really make sure that you're focusing on that. And we've been preaching that with our, our clients. And, and again, that's where the more information you have in your CRM, the better off you can be in those situations. So. Love
0: that. Love that. John McDonald, delivering the goods, uh, pun intended on that, but this has been fantastic. Really appreciate it. Uh, John, where can people learn more about you and about the good? And also you get some great resources, man. You guys Got some fantastic articles and resources. So, how can people learn yeah, more? Thank
1: you. Yeah, thegood.com, T-H-E-G-O-O-D.com um, is where you can learn more about the good and sign up for our insights. If you just click on insights in the in the top navigation, uh, you can sign up to get our weekly email there, uh, where you're the first to hear about new articles that we write. It's never a sales pitch, it's just helpful content each month, as you mentioned. Um, and uh, if you want to get a hold of me, just email me directly. I try to read every email. It says thegood.com. Awesome. I will link to all of that in the show notes
0: as well. So you can check that out at omgcommerce.com and look at the blog section. So you can check it out there. Or you can also Google John. You'll find them J-O-N McDonald, M-A-C. D-O-N-A-L-D. So check that out. Uh, John, man, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. It was a great chat. Yep, absolutely. So as always, we'd love to hear from you as a listener. What would you like to hear more of? Love some topics, suggestions. would you like to hear less of? We'll take that as well. And uh, we'd also love that review on iTunes. That helps other people find the show. Makes me feel good. Lets me know that you love the show and love what we're doing. And so we love that that iTunes review as well. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our Pmax checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on let's talk to request that free strategy session or click on resources and guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.